It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, Scotty Johnny himself. And while I say welcome, one and all, unfortunately, I'm not welcoming in Aaron Flottam. I'm not welcoming in Josh Barnett. I'm not welcoming in Jim Widener or Andy Herman or Paul Noonan or any of our other sometimes guests, or even Wendy. Um, so, I mean, like uh, we're just, it is the John Solo version this week. So... We're going John Solo here, and we got very little to say. So I don't know how long this is actually going to go off uh, the start here, but um, we are in what we would call the doldrums or what Aaron calls the sports abyss. But uh, it's been, I mean, there's plenty of sports going on, and I can tell you I'm not uh, horribly interested in a bunch of it. The NBA playoffs continue to happen. Uh, when the Bucks aren't in it, I'm not as interested. Uh, I guess the Heat continue to make their run feels all right. Um, it, it's a thing. So it's just, I don't know. There's part of me that always says like, you should root for the team that beat you. But at the same time, they already made me mad enough that I'd kind of like to see them be bad. But at the same time, also, I'd kind of like to see the Celtics fall apart right now too, because uh, they've been uh, just, just the amount of talk from Celtics fans. And, and they get to talk because they want 17 championships. Um, and there was a part of me that really was like, man, it's going to be Lakers-Celtics again, right? Like, the NBA is just going to make that happen. Uh, it, and if you want to believe in conspiracy theories, uh, go look at the NHL right now. What are the four teams left? The four teams that really need to win to have a fan base because, you know, Minnesota's going to sell it regardless. Boston's going to sell it regardless. Uh, the Rangers, the uh, the Maple Leafs, the Canadiens, uh Oddly, none of those teams moved on very far. Uh, the, the Maple Leafs did finally get their first trip to the second round of the playoffs in 19 years, but then they lose to a team from Florida. We've had teams from Florida dominating over the last several years now. Uh, the last decade has been a lot of Florida hockey being shoved down our throats. If, if you want to believe that there's a conspiracy that, that should be uh, paid attention to in sports, that's the one. I mean, that's the one, right? Um, somehow we ended up with... Las Vegas, Dallas, Carolina, and Miami, basically South Florida, the Florida team. Uh, that's that's your hockey Final Four. So that's just and to remember, uh, two of those are expansion teams, which is uh, Florida, the Panthers, which became an expansion team the same year as the Ducks back in the oof, was that the nineties or early two thousands, but also then. Uh, it's been three years now for the Golden Knights, and they've already been to a, a final, a Stanley Cup final. They didn't win. But Carolina used to be the Hartford Whalers, and, uh, man, that was <laughs> – they should go back because that was fantastic. What a great jersey that is, a great sweater. And then on top of that, the, uh, the Dallas Stars were the North Stars, and they moved very far south. Um, so they stole two classic – Awesome franchises with great logos, great uniforms, moved them in the south, and now they're winning. Uh, and 
you know, it just it just is that. It's just so strange. If you want to believe in conspiracy theory, there it is. And this is me trying to fill uh, four minutes of vamp while I get ready to talk about uh, anything else that's going on in Wisconsin. Uh, but uh, I'll remind you that you can follow this show on Twitter at Pod. You can follow me at NotSoHumbleHost. I make it easy by saying it right up front. And you can follow Aaron when he's around. Uh, and he's he is all over Twitter doing all sorts of Aaron things. And, man, if you're going to get uh, fired up on Aaron, which is at G- Cheddar Talk, at Cheddar Talk, uh, then you just have to be prepared that, that Aaron is trolling all of you uh, at every given time. At some point, he's going to say something that bothers you because he's just trying to get a reaction from people because all of it's obnoxious to him, <laughs> all of it. He's not particularly interested in actually having political debate. He's just going out there. So he's he is going great right now, and he's, uh, he's fun to watch if you know who he is. Um. The only other thing I'll say about hockey, I guess there is one other hockey story, which is that uh, the Arizona Coyotes, who last year had to get permission to go down to a 5,000-seat stadium in a professional sports league, uh, sharing a stadium with Arizona State Hockey, uh, they have asked for uh, was it $2.1 billion to build a new arena is in uh, Tempe, and they were voted down by the council, so... They were like, oh, man, where should we go build? Should we build in Glendale or other, you know, like they were giving all these Arizona names. And, of course, everyone's like, build in Quebec City, build in Milwaukee, build in, I'm trying to think the other big one, because um, Quebec City and them, and then somebody else is saying, like, Portland might be a possible expansion place for them. Uh, I don't know if there's anywhere else in Canada that they were particularly looking just yet. Quebec City is the big one in Canada that they're looking for. But, I mean, any one of those places will sell out far better than Arizona, which, by the way, though, has had some decent uh, college hockey teams recently. But uh, it's it, it's an attempt to try to find ways to get things going there. But let's let's seriously be honest and give Wisconsin a hockey program. Uh, and, and the Admirals took a weird stab at people saying we need a professional team because they are, in fact, professional hockey players. It's a minor league team that feeds into the Nashville Predators. Uh, but, I mean, they know what we mean. You didn't have to be weird about it, Milwaukee Admirals, with their weird tweet about, like, making fun of people saying we need professional hockey in Wisconsin, whereas those are your fans saying we want an NHL team. Uh, the same fans saying that. So making fun of your fans is a weird, odd way of going about talking to your fans. Um, not a great way to build your fan base by making fun of hockey fans in Wisconsin when you're a hockey team in Wisconsin. But whatever. it. It's a thing they did. All right. That's enough of that. That's about all the hockey I can probably fill in here and still stay as a Wisconsin sports program. But uh, let's get going with everything else that we have here in the segment of our show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Okay, the really... The only main event is the Brewers, right? It's the only thing still going right now. We don't have any bucks. We did our Requiem last week. Packers, we've done our draft coverage, our preview, our reviews, all that stuff. We we have our, our schedule out for the Packers. Um, right now, it's just, it's just trash talk at this point. That's really all there is because we haven't seen anything more than, um, you know, the, the OTAs. Organized team activities, if you're not in, in the parlance of the game, but uh, the OTAs have happened, 
And all that is is just a little bit of stuff. It's non-mandatory. Most people are there. Obviously, Jordan Love was there because, you know, this is his first year starting. He's always been at them. Uh, but also, he's got a bunch of really new receivers, too. So it's good, good to be there. And he better be there because he really needs to show something this year. He's not in a position to not show up to these. But that's really it. So, you know, we don't have Badger football particularly yet. They're done with spring uh, football. They're done with all these other things. So we are just talking baseball. Like, that's what we have right now. And the Brewers right now, in the minute that I am speaking, are currently still in first place. The Brewers picked a great year to really delve into their rebuild because every other team in the NL Central had the same idea except the Pirates, who are, I mean, I mean, they've been in rebuild since, since McCutcheon was an MVP, I guess. Uh, so the Brewers are a half game up on the Pirates because the Pirates are the only team here that was kind of building already and is kind of ready at this point. Uh, the Cubs are early. The Cardinals are early in the rebuild. Cincinnati got old fast in the last couple of years and is kind of working through theirs too. So right now, uh, the Brewers and and the Pirates are the only teams with winning records in the Central. Uh, 25 and 21 and then 25 and 22. So it's a half game lead for Milwaukee right now. Brewers, five of the last five, actually six of the last 12, they had a the road stand that we talked about leading the last week where the Brewers, uh, well, let's see, like the home stand, first off, they had the home stand with the Dodgers and the Royals. Uh, lose two, win one against the Dodgers, and then sweep the the Royals. So they get, you know, uh, four out of six there. And then uh, they get one win each against the Rays and the Cardinals in this road series. So they go two and four. So four and two, two and four, it's six and six in the last two weeks here um this has been i'll have to say this the brewers have had a particularly rough early start to this schedule they have not yet played the pirates or the reds they have however played the dodgers and the mets and the giants uh they played the mets on the road no sorry they played the mets at home they have played already six games against the cardinals who you know granted aren't good right now and they've split with them home and home uh, Diamondbacks looked good, and they played the Diamondbacks and Padres on the road and did okay there. Then went out and played the Mariners to follow all of that up. Uh, they really should have beaten the Tigers, which they didn't do. But then, yeah, this month, Rockies at Giants, at Rockies at Giants. They get the little home stretch, then at Cardinals at Rays. And now they're playing the the, uh, the Astros at home. And it's not, it's not going well right now. Corbin Burns having a, a rough day, giving up a bunch of big home runs. Uh, it, it's it's a blowout right now. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a double digit loss for the Milwaukee here. It looks like. But I mean the the Roy the Rays, the team we just played in Tampa, in the worst stadium in baseball, the absolute worst. It looks like um, I don't know, like a 1980s video of the Metrodome, but it's high def, and you know, I mean. If you remember the old Metrodome, that was some of the worst turf you've ever seen. I I deployed with a guy who played baseball, uh, a bunch of traveling teams and stuff, and uh, he had a bunch of great sports stories actually from his high school era at times. But they did a big uh, traveling uh, all-star tournament thing, and they played in the Metrodome, and he said uh, that stadium is crazy. And the way he described it was that when the ball hit the grass in the outfield, it sped up. And I think it didn't speed up, obviously. That doesn't make sense in terms of you know, physics, because in this household, we obey the laws of thermodynamics, Lisa, my, one of my favorite, uh, 
Simpsons quotes ever. But I mean, what happens is, is you're expecting it to slow down and it doesn't. So you, your mind tells you it's speeding up, but what's happening is your mind already expected the slowdown, but it didn't happen. So what happens is it didn't slow up like you expected because it was just playing on concrete, basically. That's, that's what that was. And that's kind of what the trap looks like. It's a terrible place. Uh, when you drive by it, it's, it's, it looks like the old Metrodome. It's just a giant circle with a weird dome. It looks like nothing. It's on the far side of the bridge, too. Like St. Peter's, if you're from, going from Tampa down, you have to go either across the Bay Bridge or all the way through town. It's a, it's a long way to get down there. It's weird. But that team is great. The team is great right now, and and they had was the best start of the season, any season ever. They're on pace to having one of the greatest seasons of all time, and they're just murdering people. Uh, let's see what they're trying flipping between screens here, but uh, yeah, Tampa Bay right now thirty five and fourteen. That team is fantastic. They're they're just lighting it up, and 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 just yeah, they go down there. Brewers they win the last game six uh, four. They go up three nothing. They give up a three-run home run, and then they score three more runs. So I'll say this. This is going to be a weird year, and I'm here for it because I didn't have high expectations for this team. Um, I like Garrett Mitchell. Now he's gone for the year. You know, And then we've been playing without uh, Woodruff, and uh, just you know, the injuries have been bad for this team. We lost when we had Garrett Mitchell in center field and then Yelich in left and Weimer in right. The amount of speed in that outfield is crazy because Weimer can track down anything. He's playing center field right now, and he's great at it. He is making fantastic plays in center field. Doesn't look like a guy out of position. But, man, when we could play him in right because Garrett's even better in center, uh, balls just go to the outfield to die. You know, that's it, it was fantastic to watch. And that's going to be good for the next several years. It's going to be a, a really good thing to see, I think, having that kind of outfield. And we still have... Um, uh, Sal Freilich, who is Freilich is hurt, so we're not going to see him this year. Uh, but we also have Jackson Chario, who is down in Double A right now. I believe with the Shuckers, he, he's playing Double A ball right now, so he's a guy we won't see probably this year. But we're going to see him soon, and he's going to be super interesting to watch as well. Uh, so that's going to be fun uh, as we get going here too. But that's also, you know, if you're looking at Yelich and aren't happy now, you say, hey, he plays out the last little bit of his contract and we bring up Chario, that's still going to be a great outfield. They, they got a lot of plans out there for guys. They're going to be playing out there. Terangs, if nothing else is a fantastic glove at second. He's naturally a shortstop plays great at second. Uh, the defense on this team is very, very good with Adamas and, and Terang out there. Uh, Anderson has been a godsend uh, as a pickup. That was a wonderful signing. He's given a little pop with the bat. He's been hitting well for average. He's come up big in big spots, which is really where the Brewers failed down the stretch last year is you know, hitting with guys on third base, hitting with guys on second, uh, runners in scoring position, as we say. Uh, his you know, runners in scoring position batting average is, is, is helping this team. They score when they need to score for the most part. But, yeah, they played, they played a series just now against the Tampa Bay Rays, who their pitching has been fantastic. Uh, and they just – that team is great. They lose one nothing. They lose eight four, and then come back and get that six four win, like I just told you about. But yeah, now we're gonna play a, a home series, which is gonna be three against the Astros and four against the Giants. So there we go. Uh, the next thing coming after that, because next week we're gonna be talking about this one with all these ones here. 
But after that, we get to go play the Blue Jays on the road at Rogers Center, and then the Reds on the road. And then we welcome, I guess, you know, the Orioles really playing really well right now. Then Athletics at the Twins, uh, June 13th and 14th, and then the Pirates at home, and then the Diamondbacks after that. That that's an easier stretch if you start saying we get the Blue Jays, the Reds, the Athletics, and the Pirates. I mean, I, I'll grant you, Pirates have looked very good. We shouldn't discount it terribly. Uh, just you know, we we want to play them. That that's a team you're going to have to play and have to face if you want to have a chance here. And we're going to see what they look like against a team that can be that you know they're slightly older. They're they're slightly more down the road in terms of feeling like they're the team that's ready to go at this point is you know the brewers are much earlier in their rebuild now granted at the same time the the pirates are in rebuild every couple years it seems because the last one didn't work so well and they have to go again but yeah they got that baltimore's in second in the east right now right behind tampa they're 31 16 so that's rough then the twins in uh st paul they're 25 and 23 they're on top of the central down there the only team in the AL Central with a winning record, and we'll be playing them. Uh, so yeah, it, Oakland though is ten and thirty-eight, so that should be, man, should be one they win. So far, the thing you're looking at when you talk about this team though is the the youth is apparent. Uh, Terang and and Weimer uh, getting you some some big plays, but they're not getting it all the time they're not as consistent yet they're still figuring out their swing they're still figuring out uh placing but they bounce back well what we haven't seen yet and you know knock on wood uh, we haven't seen yet that there's you know the thing like Hira. Hira could not lay off high fastballs and he couldn't hit them either but he was going to swing at every one of those for quite a while there um, and he's still in the brewers because he's still down there i think he's at he's in triple a and he's been hitting well and been doing well, but uh, I've seen a lot of stuff that's saying like he he needs to stay there. Uh, he he can come back around, he can come make it, but he's working on a lot of things. He is really building up that that game and, and trying to find his way back to the major leagues. But man, also at this point with Terang, you're bringing him up to be a second player. Uh, you don't need to do that. Let Hero get down there and get his swings. Uh, let him keep doing that and being a guy who can get you something. Uh, and help him grow and get his confidence back and be back to the player we thought he might turn into. Uh, he doesn't have the glove that Terang has. He definitely has more power than Terang, uh, just pure power. Uh, he can drive the ball better than Terang. He's a power-hitting second baseman. Uh, but Terang's good enough that he's keeping himself in that lineup, and he's not going to be kicked out easily. Uh, and we'd like to see her Hira, uh, because th- we are fans of Hira at this podcast. Mostly, when somebody... When there's somebody on the on, on the Brewers or the Packers or somewhere where people get out on them because they had a bad stretch, but they're still very redeemable, uh, I really pull for those types of guys. Like um, Justin Harrell was a guy I, I tried to get behind because I I think that he didn't get a fair shake because he got injured, and then he kept trying to force his way back because of how much everybody trash talked him, and then he just kept getting injured again because he never actually just stayed out he kept trying to fight his way back too much and that definitely hurt because he was great at florida or um not florida he was at tennessee he was great at tennessee but he tore his bicep at the end of the season and had to work his way back and i think he came back too early and he never had it 
and then he'd get hurt on something else because he's overcompensating and then he never had it. And he kept just finding ways to get hurt because he really was trying to overcome the fact that he was a first round pick and everyone called him Boston Harrell everywhere. And he knew it. He had to know it. There's no way he didn't. So I pull for that. I really do because as much as you're like, yo, they're professional uh, athletes. They need to know how to get through these things. They need to do this. And that's true. All of that's true and it's fair. But at the same time, uh, it's this weird concept of, of fandom where we really want to turn on our own team and on certain players quickly. Um, at this, On the opposite end, we also want to very quickly kind of praise and admire them. And that's kind of where like we get into the points where Aaron Rodgers feels like he's a God because we've been telling him he's a God for 15 years or Brett Favre for the same thing. And now people are trying to tell you already that Jordan Love is the best quarterback in the NFC North. And he's not, he's not because he hasn't done anything yet at this point, Jared Goff and, and well, it says Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the North at this point. He just is. He's done it. He is a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's that Stafford-level type quarterback where he's good enough that you're going to keep him, and uh, he's going to prevent you from becoming bad enough that you're going to get good players in the draft, and he's going to not really carry you enough that you know you also have to pay him because you have to pay him because he's good enough to get paid big money, but also he's not good enough to carry you when he's that much of your contract. So, yeah, there's a lot there. Um, Goff has played fairly well the last couple of years, I think. And I think that that was a great trade for for Detroit getting rid of Stafford and being able to get in somebody like that. That allowed them to add pieces around him because, quite honestly, the pieces around him are more valuable than he was. So with the Brewers, we had that with Hira. You know, the bad part of it, where we, we immediately want to tear him down when he couldn't maintain what we wanted him to be. And we wanted to trade him, and we wanted to cut him, and we wanted to get rid of him. And then, you know, I, I want him to get back all the way back and and starting even if it's not with the brewers i'm going to root for this guy for the rest of his career at this point so that's that's where i am with here but with the brewers at this point uh, i think we should be prepared that pittsburgh and maybe even the cubs jump the brewers in the next couple weeks because it's going to be a rough span here through this week going into the next time we come back for the podcast Uh, i think that this could be a, a i mean having these two teams even at home Playing the Giants and the uh, the Astros is going to be a rough stretch. Uh, and maybe they'll surprise me because the Brewers have surprised me a good amount here. Here's the saddest part. The Brewers actually have the second worst run differential in the division right now because St. Louis is 17 in the positive side. Pittsburgh is plus 19 on the runs. The, the Cubs actually lead the division plus 21. You know, and St. Louis at this point beat the Brewers 18 to 1 last week, right? That was one win for them. Well, that's their entire run differential. In the other games they've played, the other uh, 48 games they have played, they are at zero, right? They are zero run differential. The Brewers are their difference in that one game. Uh, So, yeah, just I guess that accounts for that one part there, but. The Cubs and the Pirates have been able to put up runs. The Brewers have been manufacturing some runs. This last week, they've been relying more on the long ball than they had early on in the season. But, you know, that that still is a thing that they were able to do, and they were still still able to get a lot of hits. They, they were getting a lot of hits against the Rays 
but the Rays were able to shut down the entire you know kind of final thing at the end. They they didn't give up the runs. We get runners on first and second with no outs and not score. So yeah, it's just it that's hard. And um, just trying to look at overall batting stuff right now. Uh, Tampa Bay has a team OPS of eight forty eight. That that's that's a crazy number. Uh, Brewers are actually twenty first. They're batting seven oh three as an OPS. Um, there's if we just look at just average, which is Aaron's favorite. Uh, Aaron loves having you know a, a good average hitting team. Oof, where are we at here? Just even trying to find the Brewers on some of these things here is just. Um, Sorry about that. Yeah, 21st again. They're betting 238 as a team, slugging 390 with that, you know, like I said, 7 of 3. So it's not a – they're not hitting an average. Uh, they're not they're just going for average at this point. But they're also not really killing in home runs like they did last year. Uh, they're 13th in the league in home runs with 57. Tampa Bay has 94. Which is, of course, why their OPS is so high. They are batting 271 as a team. But, man, yeah. So then, you know, we've played them and the Dodgers and the Cardinals, who are fourth, and the Giants, who are sixth. We'll still have to play in, in – well, we also played the uh, Angels, who are ninth, and the Red Sox, who are tenth, tied with the Orioles and Cubs. So of the top home run hitting teams, we've played one, two, uh, five, uh, nine – and 10, well, two teams tied for 10th. So, yeah, it, it it is what it is. The fact that the Brewers are still hanging in there and so high on there gives me a lot of hope that they'll at least make some noise and maybe finish with a winning record as the season wears on. So, at this point, low expectations, but greatly surprised at this point in the season. And some hope that it'll still get better from here because they've got a lot of schedule left that will face them against some of the other teams. And with this balanced schedule as it is, some of the teams we've played against are still going to have to play those higher ranked teams, those, those better hitting teams. Um, and we're going to start playing, you know, other teams <laughs> somewhere along the line where we won't have to just worry about only playing better teams. We will get to play everybody in the same kind of way with this balanced schedule so I think it might actually work to their advantage down the stretch more that the Brewers are kind of getting up front a bunch of these games that, uh, that quite honestly, they should not win. And they've been hanging in there and still have a winning record. So here we are. And that's really just about all we have for sports. I mean, I don't want to get into trying to guess what any of this other stuff means with Packers talk. Um, everything that's going on now is just talk. Like they're just wrapping up individual workouts and how people are doing and trying to go back over film of individual players and seeing if our draft was as good as we thought it was and things like that. And we're not going to do that because it, it's kind of a, an exercise in futility for the most part, because we'll wait till we see them against actual NFL players, which is where it's going to matter. We know what their talent is. We know what their measurables are. We know what their capacity is, their potential even, but we need to start seeing them on the field. And the other thing is, who's going to make that big step from that first year to the second year? Because we had a bunch of those guys last year. And who's going to who's gonna have that slump, like th- that the sophomore slump that happens far too often, uh, and that it you know obviously has a name, which is why it's there. So 
it's a thing that happens because we've seen it enough that it gets its own fun little nickname. But uh, other than that, uh, we'll wrap up everything else we have here in the part of the show that we call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. Okay, for the last call, I'm going to start off with track and field because I enjoy it. And they had the uh, Big Ten championships for outdoor championships this week. Uh, Badgers men finished fourth and the women finished sixth. So the Badgers men finished fourth behind uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Iowa. So they finished ahead of Michigan, Penn State, Indiana, and then the rest of them, the rest of those other schools, whoever they are. Uh, Big win, Jackson Sharp is your 1,500 meters Big Ten champion. Adam Spencer plays second in the 800 meter. Lawrence Johnson second in the 100 meter at a 10.22. Bob Liking finished fourth in the 5K, and Rowan Eller, Ellenberg pardon me, finished eighth. Uh, Bob Liking ran the sub-14 5K, uh, 1357.37. And the 4x4-meter relay finished 12th. So that's where they were there. Uh, now, the we'll see, the women, they finished sixth, like I said. Uh, big finishes for them uh, were... We get a sixth place finished by Samantha Steve, who finishes, uh, like I said, sixth in the 5K. Uh, Vivian Harker, pardon me, Hacker finished 11th in that same race. Uh, Julia, well, pardon me, Julia Moore uh, finished seventh in the pole vault, 12 feet, 11 and three quarter inches. Uh, Josie Schaefer places 12th in the discus, and Danny Langseth places, places 6th as well in the discus. Josie Schaefer had a 185-foot, 6-inch discus throw. That's fantastic. Uh, and Destiny uh, Hooven placed 4th in the 100-meter hurdles. Uh, so we got several good finishes, but nothing enough to push them into the, the top 5, top 4 group. Uh, now they will move on to the the West preliminary round. Uh, so what happens there is the top 12 in each event moves from the preliminary round into the nationals. Okay. So the, that will be June 7th through 10th. That'll be in Austin. And so this will be the 25th through 27th. So Thursday through Sunday, they'll be doing this uh, and it will be in Sacramento, California. Right now the Badgers have several people who are ranked to finish t- top 12 in their uh, events. Abdullah Has- Abdullahi Hassan uh, is currently finished or currently ranked second in the 800 meter. Uh, Bob Liking fifth in the 10,000 meter. Uh, Jackson Sharp fifth in the 5k. Adam Spencer fifth in the 1500 meter. And Jason Suarez fifth in the shot put. Uh, for the women, Destiny Hooven, 10th in the 100-meter hurdles. Uh, Chloe Lindemann, 5th in the hammer throw. And Josie Schaefer, 2nd in shot put, 8th in discus. So several people who could be very interesting there. The Badger men are actually sending, uh, was it 15? No, men, yeah, men are sending 15. The women are sending 14 to the regional here, the West Preliminary Round. So that'll be coming up this weekend, and we'll see what they do and how many of them move on to nationals from there. Uh, other than that, the Badger women's team finished up their softball season, the Badger women's softball team. Uh, 
They had a winning record, but it was not not particularly a great season for that team. Uh, they they went to the Big Ten tournament and lost in the very first game uh, to uh, to Illinois, a team they beat two out of three times the first time they played them. Uh, and they lose to Illinois to start the Big Ten tournament, and that's the end of the season. They did not make the NCAA tournament. They did not move on, so that's, that's about as good as it gets for them. Uh, so they're not moving on that way. Uh, WIAC softball. What we saw was, well, it was interesting. So <laughs> Whitewater finishes the season as the regular season champion. Okay, so they they get that, but the automatic bid goes to the tournament champion. So Whitewater lost to UW Lacrosse. That gives them their first loss. So they dropped down to the the bottom bracket. Um, I think they won their first game. They beat Platteville to start off with. Lacrosse beats Oshkosh. Lacrosse beats Eau Claire, all that. And then Lacrosse beats Whitewater. Stevens Point beats Oshkosh. So then Whitewater loses to Stevens Point and is eliminated. And with Stevens Point winning again, they move on and play Lacrosse in the championship game. And Lacrosse wins two to one. And so Lacrosse is your UW Lacrosse is your uh, WIAC tournament champion. So they move on into the uh, into the uh, nationals, and so did several teams from uh, the WIAC. So uh, Whitewater, of course, got in as well. They ended up in a group with uh, Spalding and Transylvania, which of course is Transy. They're the what are they the pioneers? Their logo is a bat, of course, because they're Transylvania. And then Co College, the Cohawks, uh, they're in that same group with Whitewater. Co advances. They will play the Hiram. Are they the trailers? I guess they look like they have a horse there. Or no, I'm sorry, are they terriers? Whatever they are. Uh, but yeah, Whitewater does not advance out of that group. Uh, Lacrosse is in a group uh, with Central and Bethel and Grinnell. And Bethel ends up advancing out of there. Bethel out of Minnesota. The fun one for Wisconsin, though, is Superior, Oshkosh, and Concordia end up in the same regional group along with Luther, Luther College. Uh, and Concordia moves on. So all the WIAC teams are eliminated. The only Wisconsin school left is Concordia of Wisconsin from down in uh, Waukesha County. So... Congratulations to Concordia moving on. They will be facing Trine, uh, and then they'll move on into the, the national brackets after that for the the final groups. But they will be up against Trine to have that opportunity to move on to the last eight, which will get two brackets of four, double elimination, feeding into a finals. All right. In baseball, uh, UW-Stevens Point ends the season as the regular season champion. Uh, they... They win 19, uh, well, they go finish 19 and 5. Lacrosse finishes second at 18 and 6. But guess what? Again, Stevens Point gets eliminated early and then has to, uh, they end up playing lacrosse. And lacrosse ends up taking the championship from them. So uh, UW lacrosse ends up winning both the softball and baseball tournaments and ends up getting the automatic bids to get in there. Um, but right, actually, in, in kind of turnabout is fair play, Whitewater is the team that eliminates Stevens Point when Stevens Point was a champion, since Stevens Point eliminated Whitewater the other way. So Whitewater eliminates Point, and then Lacrosse beats Whitewater. So they move on. 
And in the regionals, both Stevens Point and Lacrosse move on. None of the other uh, WIC schools. Uh, Point beats Augustana six four. Lacrosse beats Bethany Lutheran of Minnesota ten nothing. So they both move on, and then they have to play three games in a row against one team. So Point has to play Webster next from Missouri. They win twenty to one. Webster wins again, so they they get out of that double elimination. Play Point again, win ten to four. So they have to go into the final, the you know the last ultimate game. Each team has one loss. And Point wins ten. Uh, pardon me, eleven to five. Actually, my dad was at that game. It's right on campus at UWSP, uh, and Point got out early in that one after getting down three nothing early in the first game. Came right back, basically a doubleheader game because he had you didn't know you need the second one until you play the first one. Uh, they win eleven to five. Uh, Lacrosse, on the other hand, beats Bethel of Minnesota. They beat them ten to five. Bethel has to go down and win again. They come back and play lacrosse and win four to three. Well, lacrosse gets their dander up at that point and says, well, that's enough of this. 16-3. They win the last one, so they move on. They played in lacrosse as well. So uh, heading on, we got, we'll have to see. I, I, they don't have the baseball bracket up for Nationals just yet, it doesn't look like. Uh, I'm trying to been, trying to been look looking for this here all morning uh, to see if they had that finalized for the next group because they get into super regionals i think it might be lacrosse and point playing each other for the opportunity to be in that final eight you know that four group bracket that four group bracket with the double elimination heading into a national championship so if that's if that's the way it lines up and i think it is one either point or lacrosse is going to be heading on uh to playing in, in that final here this this year and i don't i guess i haven't i don't have the top of my head which one of them ended up beating the other during the regular season. But Stevens Point was the regular season champion, and you know lacrosse didn't have to really play them down the stretch because they didn't have to play them uh, in that national championship. I can see that they did play a doubleheader back on April 8th, and they split. They played that in lacrosse. Point takes the first one 12-3, and lacrosse took the second one 12-6. So, uh, and then they played again April 7th. The lacrosse wins 6 Five and then loses 14-3. So they split uh, a good amount during the season here. So that it should be an interesting setup uh, f- going forward. I think they'll be playing in lacrosse if they're playing this one out. So I think it's just best of three to who moves on. All right. Uh, other than that, the only other things that have been going on is that rowing has been going on. Uh, Badger women play sixth in the Big Ten, Big Ten Championships. It sounds better than it is because only eight teams in the Big Ten have women's crew so they play six out of eight ohio state michigan basically walk away with most of the the wins uh among all the 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 events wisconsin's mostly placing between fifth and seventh in most of the events there so uh, i think their highest one was on they finished fourth in the novice four crew so that was about the best they did the entire event so that's about it um, the men also have their national championship coming up in June. Uh, they're scheduled to go to that, but they haven't had anything for a while. They, neither one of these teams is particularly ranked to do anything. So there's, there's nothing nothing for expectations from either of these two teams as to what we should be getting. Uh, in WIAC track, we did have, uh, we did have some uh, track championships as well. I guess we didn't cover that particularly. 
But uh, lacrosse, of course, as we remember, they were the the uh, national champs in both men's and women's track this year. Um, the men's were not were closer, but they did win indoor the indoor national championships for both teams. And lacrosse again wins the outdoor uh, conference championship, uh, and they won it really going away. Uh, so. It, it, the women's team actually, the they they had more points than the next two teams combined. That's that. I mean, like that's how much they just walked away from from all the the rest of the teams there. So it was it was just just a ton here. And I'm just trying to pull up the exact numbers for you on all of this, but it's like the the men's. Uh, team scores the men finished with 245 points Oshkosh finishes with 150 Whitewater finishes with 124 so lacrosse finishes 95 points ahead of the next closest competitor which is 95 points is more than Eau Claire the fourth place team had so that's that's how far they were ahead in men's it was way worse in women's the women's UW lacrosse women's team had 363 and a half points Eau Claire finished second with 156, more than 200 points behind. And then Whitewater only had 85.5 points to follow that up in third. 62 points for Oshkosh, uh, 57 for Stout, 42 for Point. River Falls with 30 and Platteville with 23. So, yeah, uh, both of those... uh, just walk away with it and we'll see how they do when nationals coming up shortly here. So that should be uh, fun to see as well. Expect great things from this lacrosse team. As we said, the current indoor champions in men's and women's track. So that's where we are. We got a couple national championships still on the line and still possible for lacrosse and point uh, and Concordia. You know, if Concordia can find a way to beat trying, that would be, that would be very exciting to see. So that's where we are, and that really is just about all I can pull out in terms of stuff for this week. I'm sorry we don't have more. And if Aaron and I were he- was here with me, if Aaron was just here with me, we could give you an insane army story or something, um, just something to fill the time here and help you out on if you're listening to us on your drive or doing chores around the house or whatever you're doing. But that's where we are for this week. So thank you again for joining us. Remember, you can follow this podcast at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host. You can follow Aaron Flottam at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether it is on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.